Yes, people, it is Friday, which means your last chin check of the week. And it's a news day, people. So we're going over all those hot stories. And trust me, I feel like I've been under a rock because there was shit that has gone down I haven't heard yet. So, yeah, it was a fun one. Put my two cents on a few things, people. So, hey, time to sit back and let's get into it. Aight? So, um, Junior Dos Anjos is still rather salty, right? Still rather salty about a few things. You know, he has just filed a fresh appeal to the Nevada State Commission um, about his loss to Sirogan in December last year. Go yeah. At the time, right? UFC 256 gun stopped um Dasanos. You know, stopped him and won the fight in the first round. It was a very impressive performance and gun looked you know, looked in control of the fight. Right now, at the time, Dasanos was claiming he was hit in the back of the head. Now I think the thing about that fight, right, when you watch it, yes, you might go, okay, the elbow hit at the back of the head, but not, it's not like it was a direct hit to the back of the head, it was kind of like a glancing shot, but when the elbow was thrown, Dasanios is facing Garn. But a big thing Dasanios has been doing in these last few fights is turning his back, right? He, he, he turns his back on his opponent, which is crazy. He's did it against Rosenstruck. Like, he's done it several times. And it's an odd one because he, like, he never really did that before. But, yeah, when he gets in a bit of trouble, he, like, turn, he completely kind of turns away. And if someone's turning while you're throwing a shot, it, it, you know what I mean? It's like, it's hard to go, oh, they threw an illegal, because they didn't, right? They didn't throw an illegal blow. You turned your back, right? And I believe that is part of the rule. You know, if if some if you're lying on the floor and someone is dropping elbows on the back of the head, that's an illegal blow, right? That's them targeting the back of the head. But if you you're facing them and at the last minute you've turned and that shot hits you partially on the back, you don't really call it a, an illegal blow because. You turned, right? You know what you are doing. 
right? There are different ways in which you can defend yourself, right? But you turning your head, what do you think is going to happen there? Where do you think a shot is going to um, catch you? And listen, we've seen times when people have been able to catch themselves, but it's a difficult thing in the heat of the moment to, um, yeah, go, oh, they've they've turned, right, but stop, stop what I'm doing, because these, the, everything happens, split seconds, right, it's very fast, so yeah, it, it's an odd situation that um, Dasanios is doing here, right, it, it doesn't make any sense, and <laughs> one of the things in his, um, you know, letter to the um, NAC, right, is um, we have not and do not allege that the referee did not see the foul. Rather, he saw the blow to the back of Junior's head, but as a result of his misinterpretation of the rule, he wrongly failed to call it a foul, and he wrongly awarded a victory to the offending contestant, Cyril Gunn. I mean, what are you doing, man? Like, what are you doing? Uh, And here's the thing, right? If you go through um, Dasanios' victories, I guarantee you he has landed partially to the back of people's heads, right? He's partially landed to the back of people's heads, you know, like, especially a head kick. Most head kicks wrap around and catch people on the back of the head. Right, most head kicks do that unless it's something like, um, you know, Amanda Nunes, Holly Holm, you know, Valentina Shevchenko, um, Jessica I. Right, when it's directly to the front of the face, boom, it, it, that's it. Right, but a lot of the time, that kick is wrapping around the head, right? So you're hitting on the side of the head, so you could call all of those shots illegal. Right, you could call all of those illegal. Junior has hit plenty of those, right? And I think even that knockout of Cain Velasquez was, you know, partially back of the head, right? So, you know, it, it's a weird one to keep on with this argument, right? To to try and claim, oh, my opponent was dirty. When you know, like you know the opponent wasn't dirty, right? You you understand what happened, but that's the narrative you wanna push. You know? I, I wonder if Dasanios, if he hadn't been on a four-fight skid, right? If he wasn't on such a skid, if he would be saying the same things. I don't know. I suspect maybe not, right? I suspect maybe not. I think he doesn't want that on the record. And especially while looking for a new contract with someone else, right? If you can claim, oh, my last fight, I didn't lose. I was robbed, right? I would have won that fight. I was robbed. It's it's clear. Look, everyone, he hit me in the back of the head. He was aiming for the back of my head. What the fuck was that, right? What the fuck was that? So, yeah, it's an odd game um, Junior is playing. Yeah.
It's odd. And, you know, he's now, <laughs> after putting out a statement thanking the UFC and everything like that, he's now calling them heartless, cold, out of order. Which, again, it's a weird one. Is You know, it's a weird way to go. Right? He feels that... You know, he made so much history in the organisation Like, he shouldn't have been cut I'm just like Junior Everyone knew Like, even before, right, it was said Because, you know, Dana had come out and said Hey, we're going to be making some cuts We've got a huge roster, right We're, We're putting these people through, like, tons of fights we got to cut some people, you know, and you know that's the call, that's the call, right? So, as soon as you hear that, if you're on a free fight losing streak, you've got to think, I have to win my next fight, right? If I lose four fights in a row, I'm done, right? If you've if you've lost two fights in a row. You've got to feel, oh, if I go free, I'm done. You know, so there's a a lot. So any fighter on a skid would be looking at that, going, I need to turn things around, right? And And as I say, look, even in the best of times, you're not likely to stick around, if you've got that sort of record, it's a known thing. It's not coming out of the blue. It's a known thing, right? So, yeah, he's like, um, oh, he, he feels, you know, oh, what did he say? Here's a quote, right? I know it's a business, but they just don't care. <laughs> the history you did in there and everything else, the dedication and how everything have always played out was totally disregarded. I'm like, what what do you want? Right? And it's funny, in an interview he did with ESPN, he said that, you know, someone from the UFC had reached out and told him. Then now he is stay, saying that, you know, he misspoke. And I don't understand how you would say that. <laughs> if you like misspoke would be getting someone's name mixed up, a date wrong, something like that. But to say, oh, this person contacted me and told me, like, that's not misspeaking. That's either I lied or now I'm lying. No, either way, you 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 lied. Or now you're lying. That's all it is. Because that's not misspeaking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Going, oh yeah, that whole statement I said, that wasn't true. I misspoke. Right? What are you what are you saying? You know, he's like, oh, I haven't spoken to Dana in years. I'm like, and like I don't understand. Right? I don't understand what some people want. Right? Do you want to have your boss call you all the time? And, you know, like, listen, you're talking to people in the organization, the matchmakers and all of that. If you have questions, you can try and escalate it. You know, that's what you do. Right. But 
if I'm working, I don't need to speak to my CEO. I I just all I want to do is ensure I'm getting the work done and it's you know I'm hitting all my targets and shit. I don't give a fuck about you know, chatting with the CEO. I'm just there to do my thing, right? So why do you think all of these people should be talking to you? Right? It's it's a weird narrative. I feel that Junior is on. I'm like, Junior, you, you you know, you you had great times in the UFC. Not so much over the recent past few years, right? I mean, it if you can't see that, what are you thinking? Right? What what exactly are you thinking? Go to, oh, these last four fights that you've lost, that wasn't your fault, right? That was an accident. You lost those fights, right? So, yeah, it's, it's, Junior is, man, I don't know. It's a, it's a little bitter, right? And now, he, and, you know, he's saying, oh, because I turned down a fight, a short-notice fight with Marcin Tabora, that's why I got cut. Right, even though at the time you know you're saying no, that wasn't why I got cut. Now he's saying that is why I was cut. It's very confusing. But here's the thing, right? After the Gan fight, Junior was calling for an immediate rematch. Right? So either you you're down to fight or you're not down to fight. Right? This is the odd thing. It's all very confusing. Right, you're down to fight or you're not down to fight. Right, he's talking about oh short notice fights and everything like that. And I'm like, listen, I think it's pretty much established with the way the world is at the moment. Right, with people dropping out of fights because of corona and all of that. Fights are very much last minute at times. Right, you know, what I mean, you might get a call. Oh, this fight is now off. Do you want to take it? Right, that's the thing. Everyone knows that. Everyone understands that. So, hey, if you want to fight, you stay in shape. Right, you're professional fucking athletes. Stay in shape. So to be like, oh, I, you know, I wasn't in shape and all of this, and it's a short notice one. You know, going into the gunfight, he said he was in the best shape of his life. And he looked in good shape. Right? So now, oh, it was so last minute and, you know, that was the issue. Like, And then if you're calling for an immediate rematch, which, come on, that, that that's not, it was never going to happen. But then turning down a fight with Marcin Tabora, what are you doing? Right, if you're saying you know, you are still one of the top fighters, one of the top fighters, and you can beat everyone, and you could be challenging for the belt and all of this, then hey, having a fight with someone like Marcin Tabora should be easy, right? You should think, yeah, fuck, I'm gonna take that fight, I'll knock him out, and that will then you know put me in good treading. And let's see about, you know, getting another fight and then getting a title shot. It, it, it's like, 
what do you want to do? Right? What is the actual narrative here? Because it is changing all the time. Right? Everything keeps on changing here, man. It's very fucking confusing. You know? So, I do think Dasonios is a little bit bitter. And also, if you come out in, in this way... Or other people might look at it and go, ooh, if we sign Dasanyas, then that's immediate attention for our organisation. Because we've signed this ex-UFC champion, you know, he's saying all of this stuff. Yeah, that's good. Right? So, I think some of this could be PR. And when someone's talking, like, Dasanyas as well is talking about how he's got, oh, he's looking at several offers, Right, he's looking at several offers and how, oh, it's like leaving a, a, a long-term relationship and then realising that other people want you. I'm like, your manager should be telling you that shit anyway, right? Your manager should be telling you, oh, you know what, we've had interest from these organisations. Do you want to re-up with the UFC or, you know, what do you want to do? Right, so no one is forcing you to stay. We've seen plenty of people ask to end their contracts and leave, right? If you wanted to go somewhere else, you could have gone. The reason you were there, because, you know, you know it's the, the, the you've got the top fighters, right? It, it's the number one organisation. So winning a belt there, you know, it definitely overshadows winning it in, say, the PFL, Right? You know what I mean? So, uh, I think Junior should just concentrate on going somewhere else. He's saying that he still feels he's got years left in the tank. So, go somewhere else. Yo, do your thing. Go on a winning streak. Maybe win their belt. You know, look. If you do that, you could negotiate a definitely a bigger contract to come back to UFC at some point if you really wanted to, or just go out, win another belt somewhere else, and retire on top. You know there is there is plenty of options for Junior de Santos. He just needs to concentrate on those and stop with all the crazy, right? Just stop with all the crazy. So we finally have some uh, confirmation on everything, right? Khabib is done. 29-0, Khabib has left the UFC. Now, listen, I, I think it was always looking this way, right? It always seemed a little bit of a stretch for Khabib to come back after everything because... Look, there was some okay-looking fights, but for the most part, he'd already won those fights. You know what I mean? He'd already beaten most of the people. You could say, ah, what about Khabib against Michael Chandler? What about Khabib against, you know, Charles Oliveira? But they're not, like, must-have fights, yeah, I mean, for someone to go out at the top unquestioned, you don't need to fight those fights. 
You know what I mean? He's fought all the other, like, major people. You know, and he's done extremely well. You know, and when you think about the fact that he, um, you know, he won a fight after, you know, his dad died, right? After his dad died, who was his main coach, always in the corner, right? The, the bond that they had. And he went in against Gaethje, who a lot of people were saying, oh, Gaethje is the one to beat him. You know, I mean, Justin Gaethje, he's going to be way too much for Khabib. Like those heavy hands, those calf kicks, he's going to destroy Khabib, it's over. And then Khabib went in there and just, whew, just ended it. Just ended it in spectacular fashion. It was um, extremely, extremely impressive. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, you, you cannot knock Khabib, right? Can't knock Khabib. It was, um, yeah, sensational what he did, what he achieved. So he put out a statement. I mean, eh, I mean, if you call them statements, I hate a post, uh, but, you know, what is a statement, right? So he said on um, social media, it was a good dinner with some great people, under a picture of himself and Dana White. Dana White, thank you so much, brother, and the entire UFC team for the opportunity to prove myself. You guys have changed many... Um, have changed many lives forever because of this sport. Dana, I will never forget your attitude towards me, my father. Um, my father did not forget and my sons will remember you. Today, there was a real conversation between real men. Also, thank you to all team, sparring partners and all fans. I hope you will accept my decision and understand me. You know, so yeah, there we go. The eagle is done. But, I mean, it was impressive, right? It was definitely impressive. When you think about it, right? He came to the UFC on the 20th of January, 2012, right? It was on the UFC on FX card, Gillard v. Miller. <laughs> so he beat Kamal Shalarus in that fight And um, he was coming into the UFC as well On a, a 16 fight win streak Right, so um, yeah His uh, next fight was against uh, Gleason Tebow So that was the 7th of July The same year UFC 148 um, he then fought, um, Tiago Torres, um, so that fight, he won, well, he, let's say, his first fight, he won by a submission, right, second fight decision, third fight, KO, you know, that was January the 19th, 2013, UFC on FX, 
Belfort v Bisbing. In 2013, he actually fought three times in a year, which is, um, yeah, like, you know, that changed over, over time. But, you know, he, he beat all these, like, durable fighters. Like, you know, Gleison Tebow, Kamal Sharus, Abel Trigigo, they're not world beaters, but they are stiff tests, they're not pushovers, you know what I mean, they're definitely not pushovers, and he went through all of those, you know, Pat Healy, uh, but then it changes, right, Rafael Darsanias, he beat him on the uh, UFC on Fox, the Doom v Brown card, 19th of April 2014, um, Daniel Horsha. Right, he was next, and then, oh, then things got really interesting, right? So it was the infamous Michael Johnson fight, UFC 205, right, 12th of November 2016, and, like, he won via Kimura, and he mauled, mauled Johnson, and he, this is the fight where he was talking to Dana, saying, give me the title shot. Give me your boy. <laughs> we then saw him just dominate, dominate Edson Barboza, UFC 219, which led to the title fight, right? The, um, the belt was vacant. Right, belt was vacant. It was at UFC at 223, 7th of April 2018. For Al Quinta. you know, <sighs> it, it was those crazy times. Could have fought Connor, Connor fucked up majorly, and yeah, he fought Al Quinta, who you know went all five rounds as a last minute replacement. Alaquinta held himself well, but the Connor fight finally came, right? Finally came. UFC 229, 6th of October 2018. And um, Khabib won in the fourth round via a neck crank. And uh, then we had the crazy brawl, right? The crazy brawl. He's 27 and 0. So next was Dustin Poirier. UFC 242, right, 7th of September 2019, it's the UFC back in Abu Dhabi, right, so, um, yeah, you know, I think they rekindled that deal, right, so they went back, Khabib dominated uh, Poirier, right, and, you know, Poirier, he, he had the submission attempt and all of that, but, like, but, when you really look at it, Khabib wasn't, like, it, it, it wasn't those threatening situations that we've seen, you know, in other fights, right, and then Khabib just took him apart, right, subbed him, rear naked choke in the third round. And then came the Gaethje fight, 
right? UFC 254, 20th of October 2020, second round. Man, Khabib just... Oh, it was crazy, right? You you thought he could have beaten Justin at the end of that first round. You're at the end of that first round. He nearly had him. Nearly had him. But, you know, Khabib... And Khabib went gentle on Justin because Justin's parents were in the audience. Now, for a lot of people to say what they said about what they were going to do and did do... You might scoff at it, but Khabib, man, you 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 believe Khabib when he says, you know, he didn't want to hurt him, so he just choked him out, right? And that was it. So he beat all of, like, that last to run, those last few people, you cannot deny, right? You cannot deny how good all of those fighters are. You know what I mean? And he beat them all. And even the not-so-well-known fighters, people, they're all, as I said, they're solid fighters. They're not pushovers. You know, if you were making your debut, you wouldn't want to be fighting them. And especially at that period of time. You know what I mean? So, yeah, Khabib leaves with a tremendous record. Right, leads with a tremendous record, and yeah, it, it's no surprise, right? It, it, it's no surprise, and um, I kind of feel there is no need to come back, right? He, he's talked about how he wants to, you know, help his friends, his fellow, you know, Dagestani fighters, and he, you know, he's got his fight promotion now. Right, so these are the things he wants to concentrate on. And yeah, I mean, why not? Right? Why wouldn't you do that? You know what I mean? It makes a it makes a lot of sense, man. You know, if you can go out on top, you know, you can go out without having to have taken crazy amounts of damage. Because he and even the amount of damage Khabib has taken. There's still risks of CTE with all of that, right? There is still risks of all of that there. So, you know, you you can't um, you can't fault someone for not wanting to do anything else, right? He's amassed a ton of money, right? That pay per view with Connor was the most successful one. So he's got all of that, right? He's got all of that. He's tied for second most submissions in title fights with John Jones, Ronda Rousey, Matt Hughes, and BJ Penn. He um, most submissions in lightweight division title fights. You know, tied for most title wins in lightweight division. So he's tied with BJ Penn and Benson Henderson. Tied for most consecutive title defences in the lightweight division with BJ Penn, Frankie Edgar and Benson Henderson. Tied for most title defences in the lightweight division with BJ Penn and Benson Henderson. 
Yo, so, um, yeah. He's got countless, you know, records and achievements and all of that. So, man, Khabib, he goes out on top and he goes out classy as a motherfucker, right? You can say whatever you want to say. Goes out classy. So, hats off to Khabib, right? Hats off to Khabib. Okay, so with Khabib retiring, it means it's official. The lightweight belt is up for grabs. You know what I mean? And, hey, before this point, there'd been so much talk on what's going to be next. A lot of people thinking the rematch between, you know, Poirier and McGregor would be for the belt, which... I mean, that was never going to be the case. Like, I never really bought that idea. Now, if it happened, you could see potentially why it would on a financial level. But, you know, as a a legitimate situation, it just didn't make any sense, right? Didn't make any sense. Now, the first one... You could have maybe said, yes, that could be for the belt. Second one, not so much. So then there was a load of people, right? A load of people saying why they should be up for the belt. You know, and so there's been back and forth and all of this. What's going to happen? Where are we going to go? Well, we don't have to wonder. Because that has been taken out of everyone's hands And we know the belt will be on the line at 262 And those going for that belt (laughs) Well people, it is Charles Oliveira and Michael Chandler Yes, they will be fighting for the belt And um... 262, right, trying to think when that friggin' um, card is, now it is definitely coming up, because we have um, 260, uh, 260, that's real close, right, that's next week, right, so um, 261, that's the rematch, Usman Mastodal, so yeah, two sixty-two people. Well, that one is the fifteenth um, of May. Ooh, the fifteenth of May, right? And um, so far, well, we've already got some decent fights on that card, right? So um, Tony Ferguson. He'll be fighting Benil Dariush, which, hey, that's definitely a good fight to, um, you know, be there, right? If you've got these two fighting for the belt, having Ferguson, because Ferguson, hey, he's lost a couple, but he's still a contender, right? You've then got um, Caitlin Shagagian against Viviana Aruja, good fight, 
Shane Burgos against Edson Barbosa. First fight on Barbosa's new contract. It's a very, very tough fight, right? For both fighters. Um, we have Gina Mazzo against Priscilla Cacharera. I think that's an important fight for both. Right, you kind of feel that the loser is skating on some thin ice, but it, you know, good fight. I think Eva can win it. We've got Alex Perez against Matt Schnell. Ooh, that's kind of tasty. Andrea KGB Lee against Antonina Shevchenko. That is very good. Right, Jamie Pickett against Jordan Wright. Nice, good fight for both fighters right there And Christos Gajos against Joel Alvarez Yes, not bad So yeah, not bad And so far that's just nine fights, right? So I imagine there's going to be a few more added And possibly a few weightier fights as well But so far, hey, got some decent bouts on there Right, so um, when you look at it, Oliveira, right, he's 30 and 8. Michael Chandler, he's 22 and 5. Right, so um, yeah, what are they saying? Do Bronx, you know, in his last few fights, right? So he beat Tony Ferguson at UFC 256, before that, he beat Kevin Lee. You know, he beat um, Gerard Gordon, Nick Lentz, David Tamar, Jim Lear, Miller, Christos Gajos, Clay Guida, after he's lost to Paul Felder at UFC 218. Yeah, you know, it's he'd had a decent run. Had a decent run. Not so many, you know, I mean, top five names on it. I mean, Ferguson is that top five name, right? Kevin Lee is a good name, but maybe Kevin Lee was top 10, right? But Tony Ferguson was the one. So, you you know, in some ways, yes, Oliveira was, you know, rightfully put into this title fight. But if he hadn't have been, again, you could you could understand why. Right, with the opposition he has faced to get there. Right? He hasn't gone through the top ten to do that. Right? Some people would have, he hasn't. But to um go on, you know, the run he has, you know, an eight fight win streak. It's hard to knock, right? Hard to knock. So yeah. Hats off to Oliveira and um, Michael Chandler, right? Now, he's, um, yeah, he gets it after a sensational debut. You know, Dan Hocker, Hocker, Hooker, you know, he put him out quick in that first round, you know. And before that, he'd beaten Benson Henderson and Sydney Outlaw. In uh, Bellator right, So um, yeah Not bad right 
not bad at all. And I think a few people are wondering, right? A few people, I think, are thinking, ah, he's only had one fight. He's only had one fight and he gets in. But I think you can definitely say it was a, a very impressive debut. You know, it was a very impressive debut. And when you have those other people in that top 10, who else is on a significant streak? Right? I, I think that's the only other thing that you can say. Who else is on that significant streak? Right? Because Gaethje, he hasn't fought since the loss to Khabib. Right? He hasn't fought since the loss to Khabib. So it's hard to say you get a title shot after the loss, right? When when you say it about um Connor, right? Which listen. I'm not saying that's wrong, right? I I agree that to give Connor a title fight after the loss is a bit crazy. So to if you're saying no, he doesn't get a title fight, he just lost. The same would be said to um Gaethje. And also, right, Connor out of all of them, he had the better fight with Khabib. Like he won a round and he went to the fourth. You know, Gaethje and Khabib, Gaethje and Poirier didn't, right, so, you know, Gaethje, he was already out, right, but a few people, a few people have said, you know, what about Gaethje, what about Poirier, has everyone forgotten Poirier, so, listen, after he's lost to Khabib, he beat Hooker, and he beat McGregor, which yeah, that's that's definitely good. But I I think with that, Hooker, he's he's a tough fighter, but he's not top five, right? I don't even think he was top ten at the time. But he's a legitimate threat. He's a fight because I think you get to a point where. Anyone could potentially win, right? Anyone could potentially win a shot. But he he's not top ten, not top five, right? So yes, he beat McGregor for real. That was a very good win. But is this enough for another crack at the belt? Right? That's the big question. Is it enough? And also, here's the thing, right? I think it's sometimes good to see people who haven't had those shots. You know what I mean? Right? Sometimes it's good to have fresh people challenge. Because you have a lot of people at times saying why they should be going for a belt, right, why they should get another crack, and it's like, well, what about these other fighters in the division, what about the other ones who are just as good, right, but just haven't had the opportunity yet, so I I think it's very good to open things up, I do think one 
comment was just a little bit like, oh, you got to roll your eyes a little bit, right? You got to roll your eyes a little bit because there was um, a load of fighters reacting to, um, yeah, to the news, right? To the news on the title fight, right? Who's getting the shot at the belt? And um, Chris Cyborg. <laughs> oh my gosh, Chris Cyborg, man. He says a lot of crazy ass shit. A lot of crazy ass shit. So Michael Chandler, he had tweeted, See you at the top, UFC 262. And Cyborg, she tweets, Congrats on making the first Bellator v UFC super fight in the history of the sport. I hope it's the first of many. And it's like, what are you talking about? Right? What are you... It's not. (laughs) Like, what are you saying? It's not. Michael Chandler is in the UFC. He has a contract with the UFC. He's had one fight. With the UFC, he's not a Bellator fighter. You know, that is the stupidest, the stupidest comment. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It is dumb. It is dumb. Right? And um, Ali Abadaziz, Abad, Abad, Abadelaziz Ah fuck it You know what I'm talking about He reckons that Gaethje should have got the shot But Gaethje is his client Right Is his client But Gaethje ain't full Right Gaethje turned down a fight with Charles Oliveira You know So Kind of have to look at it Like And he turned down a fight with Michael Chandler So Gaethje hasn't fought since the loss, so it's hard to go, yes, he deserves a title shot, you know, so I I think when you weigh it all up, right, you look at it, and yes, you could have put Poirier in there, right, you, you could have done all of that, but as it is, right, as everything lies at the moment, this is a fair fight, this is a fair fight. And remember, this fight takes place in May. Right? So this takes place in May. Right? So we haven't had that, uh, you know, Poirier-McGregor rematch yet. So once this takes place, once that takes place, and I'd imagine that that one is probably going to, you know, Poirier-McGregor will probably fight again in May, June, right, so once you have those fights, you could definitely say, oh, the winner gets the winner of the title fight, and if the, and if that winner is Poirier again, then that's three fights in a row, you know, so yeah, you can, it's, it, it's definitely a fair one to go, yeah, give Poirier that, that shot, right, and again, if Gaethje comes out, his next fight wins that. He's maybe then, you know, he can get the shot. But people got to fight. 
You know what I mean? It's all well and good to be like, ah, I want a title shot. I want, everyone wants a title shot, right? Everyone wants a title shot. Go And you can look at the record books and you can go, how many people got one straight away, right? Most people put together some sort of run. Some sort of run to get at the belt. Or... You know, they were there at the right opportunity. When people dropped out, they stepped in on short notice and they won. Right? That's usually how it goes. So if you want a title shot, fight. Right? Fight. Make your shit undeniable. You know what I mean? Because I think if Chandler had beat Hooker, but via decision... He's not in this fight He's not in this fight Right, but the fact he Knocked out Hooker Straight out the gate Straight out the gate Put it on him That got him the title fight So you make yourself undeniable And then Shit can happen But if you think Sitting behind your keyboard And typing (laughs) That's enough to do it Nah, son Nah Not right now, people Not right now So, there was a lot of talk, right About the welterweight division You know, the um, the winner of um, Well, <laughs> to say the winner of It was if Leon Edwards had won in style He was getting that title shot, right that was it. Now, we know how that fight went down. Right? We know how that fight went down. It wasn't it wasn't the best. You know, Leon look, we talked about it, you know. He wants a title shot. He you know, he doesn't want to run it back, and you can understand why. Right? You can un- you can understand the the calls to run it back. You can understand why he doesn't. Right? It is what it is. But it was then, okay, so what's going to happen? Because after, um, you know, Usman beat Burns and beat Burns very well, right? He did call for a fight, did call for a certain fight, right? And we'd heard rumours, you know, the coach and the ultimate fighter. No, they're not. Right? It was all this back and forth. What was going to happen? And then we found out. We found out. UFC 261. Right? Three title fights to welcome back the crowd. A full house in Jacksonville. You know what I mean? 24th of April. Man, the Vice Star Veterans Memorial Arena. And... um. Usman will be a rematching with Ore Mastodal for the belt. You know, they originally fought at UFC 251 on Fight Island. And Usman just very comfortably won that fight. Very comfortably won that fight. Now, at the time, you know, Mastodal, it, it was short notice. It was short notice in officially signing for the fight. It wasn't short notice 
in talking about the fight, right? Saying you want the fight, even negotiating for the fight. So, yes, in a way, it was a short notice fight for Masvidal. In another way, it wasn't, right? Because, listen, when you're at that stage of the game, you should always be cha- You should always be training, and especially when calling for a fight, right? Knowing how certain things get turned around and all of that, you should be training, right? So I'd imagine Masvidal was training for that fight, before it was made official, long before it was made official, because they'd been talking about it, he'd been calling for it for a long ass time, right, so, you know, listen, Usman won, and he called out Masvidal, right, because since that fight, Masvidal, he was saying, hey, I lost because it was short notice, you know, in a rematch, I'm beating Usman, that's what he was calling for, and Usman, kind of rightly, kind of pissed, right, kind of pissed, because, hey, Usman took that fight on short notice too, you know, he was getting ready for Burns, now, again, he had, he would have trained for Masvidal, right, in his preparation for that potential fight that was getting talked about, he would have been training for Masvidal, but Burns was the one, so Usman took that fight on short notice too, you can't deny it, but, you know, that's been the narrative, so Usman, he wants to shut Masvidal up, right, he wants to shut him up, saying, um, yeah, maybe it's time to put you back in the cage and roll that rock across again, right, <laughs> no more resurrection, son, so, um, yeah, that's now the fight, and it's, as I said, look, it's headlining UFC 261, all right, um, so after that, we have Rose Namanunes challenging Wiley Zhang, and Jessica Andrade against Valentina Shevchenko, so three title fights, all very tasty, but, yeah, Usman comes in at a huge Huge favourite for that belt, you know. But everyone, I think, the, most people believe that a hey, even with a supposedly full camp, Masvidal ain't winning. And listen, it is hard to um, it's hard to say anything different because when you look at it, Usman has only lost once in his career, and that was his second ever fight. Second ever fight, right? Got caught with a rear naked choke. Lost it. And you can understand that. But, yeah, since... Well, I mean, look. He he, he lost that fight, right? He then went... Won the next... The next... Uh, let's look. One, two, three... Won the next four fights by TKO. Next four fights by TKO. That then got him onto the Ultimate Fighter. Season 21. That was... Um, that was the one where it was... 
black zillions against American top team, right? Usman won it, yeah, he won it, got a submission, right, in the final, and, um, yeah, has then fought a heap of um, very good names in the UFC, not lost, not lost, and been very impressive on that run, very impressive, right, so you think, First fight, he beat Leon Edwards, man. On the Dos Anjos v. Cerrone card in December 2015. Then he beat Alexander Yakolov, Wally Alvarez, Sean Strickland, you know, Sergio Moraes. Knocked out. I mean, at that time, beating Sergio Moraes, Moraes was a beast. Moraes was a Beast and Usman knocked him out. Beat Emil Meek, Damian Meyer, Rafael dos Anjos, Tyron Woodley to win the bell and just shut Woodley down. That was one of the most one sided title fights we have seen, right? Stop Kobe Covington, beat Jorge Masaval, stops Gilbert Burns. There is no denying how good, how good he is, right? Now, another fighter that feels he should be getting a title fight, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, right? It's very funny as well because Wonderboy, he's like, oh, I kind of feel Leon should have been disqualified. You know what I mean? He should have been disqualified in that fight. You know, and I think I'm I'm the one that deserves a title fight more than, and I mean it, it is funny, right? Because again, Woodley, I mean Wonderboy had been on a slump, right? He had been on a slump, right? There's no, you know, going around it. It's a thing. It's a something that legitimately happened, you know. They drew, you know, him and Woodley drew that first fight, but then Wonderboy, you know, went on that slump, right? So he'd, you know, he'd lost a till, which, yes, granted, that was a dubious decision, but then he lost to Pettis. So, you know, in recent times, he's come back, he's beat Vicente Luque, he's beat Jeff Neal. Right, Jeff Neal being the more of a, yeah, I think person to get notoriety off than Lupe. Lupe is tough for sure. Lupe is tough, but you're not getting a title fight beating Vicente Lupe. Now, beating Jeff Neal, that's a legitimate win, but still, I don't know, still doesn't really go all next shot title. Right, and especially when Wonderboy has already had two cracks at it. Already had two cracks at it. So, listen, and that's not to say Wonderboy is not a threat. Wonderboy is a threat, for real. We saw the way he handled Neil. It was super impressive, right? Super impressive. But, yeah, I, you know what I mean? I think, I think Wonderboy needs to do a little something, something... 
right? But it's all open now. It's all open. Covington was turning down fights, but now with the title on the line, right? It is definitely in a place for people to go, all right, we are, um, yeah, we're going to make sure we are undeniable to get the next crack. So you know Covington wants that belt, right? Leon wants the belt, Wonderboy wants the belt, right? So two of those should fight. Two of those people should fight, you know? It's a thing, right? That I feel that's the way it needs to go. So we will see. But what we do know, the belt is on the line in April. So right now, right, there's a lot of talk about who is next for the women's bantamweight belt. Right? So, you know, Amanda Nunes has just been uh, so dominant, right? So dominant over the bantam and featherweight divisions. I mean, the featherweight one is, I mean, that's just kind of like whatever, whatever, right? But the bantamweight, you know, the bantamweight, that's a division, right? It's got plenty of fighters in, but you you look at them and you think, who can beat Nunes, right? She has beaten all challenges so far, right? All challenges so far, you know, Nunes has handled pretty much, you know, with her eyes shut, right? That's what it's been. You know, Nunes has been able to transform the way she fights to become this monster, right? This phenomenon, you know, the best woman in that division in the world. I mean, I think it's fair to say you you can claim that. She's beaten everyone that's held the belt. You know what I mean? Everyone that's held the belt. Ronda, Home, Tate, Cyborg, beat them all, right? Beat them all, no problem. So, um... Yeah, it was, who's going to fight her? Now, Juliana Pena, after beating Sarah McMahon recently, she, it was kind of crazy, right? Listen, I get it, I get it, but it's kind of crazy, but she got up, and in an interview, she was like, ah, Amanda Nunes needs to stop ducking me. I want that fight. I'm going to tear her up. I'm going to do all of this. I'm going to do all of that. He was just like, yo, shorty, what are you doing? Like, what the fuck is going on right now? Like, what are you saying, man? And it's a crazy one, man. Like, Juliana Penner is a really good fighter. You know, she won the Ultimate Fighter, Right? Won the Ultimate Fighter. And I, I think you can say that Penna is, she's one of them fighters who hasn't quite hit the potential that you thought that she might. Right? Hasn't quite hit that. You know, so, um, you know, as I said, look, she was on season... Um, 18, season 18 of The Ultimate Fighter, 
She won it, right? Won it, boom. She then went on three fights. Her three official UFC fights. Mia, uh, Milana Duveva, Jessica Rai, Katzingano. Beat them all. Right? Which is like, whoo. You know, the cat fight was UFC 200. You know, which was an interesting one. Because, you know, it was on the same card as Misha Tate. Misha Tate was her um, coach on that series of The Ultimate Fighter. That was the one where Tate and Rousey, um, I I believe that was the one, right? Where Tate and Rousey were uh, the coaches. Yeah, and, and so, you know, set her up. She, um, yeah, she then... Because, it, you, you know, with all those wins, it was like, oh, I think she could be next, right? I think she could be next to challenge for the belt. And so, right, so they put her up with Valentina Shevchenko. And, you know, at that time, it was like, oh, the winner of this could challenge, right? This is the fight. And Shevchenko easily... Easily beat Pena, right? Now, this was before Shevchenko was the, you know, f- the beast. Like, she was always a tough fucking fighter, right? Real tough. But, you know, she wasn't the flyweight <laughs> demolition woman that she is to the, to this day, right? So, I think for, for Shevchenko to win that fight... Like, it's not really a knock on Pena, but Pena dominated on the front, on the ground, you know, she won with that armbar, and I think a lot of people at the time, they thought that's where Pena would have the momentum, right, that's where she would do her thing and shine, but it wasn't, right, so, um, yeah, she lost that, she then... You know, she came back, beat Nico Montagna um, after she'd had a kid, right? But she she was then out, she had a baby, all of that. Um, so beat Nico, fought Jermaine Durandamy, lost that fight, right? Lost that fight. Durandamy choked her out. You know, again, it was, oh, she, you know, if she beats Durandamy, she puts herself... In a good position to fight Nunes. And she lost. Lost in a in a situation where a lot of the people were saying, yeah, Pena will have the um advantage. She'll have the advantage. So, you know, it, it, it it's hard to um yeah, it, it's hard to look at that and go, oh, yeah. Pena, Pena's been fucked, right, Pena should have had this title shot, Pena should have, you know, like, she lost at those points, she lost at the points which could have been, you know, that final nail in her title demand, right, with those wins it could have been like, yeah, okay, it makes sense, let's give her a shot. But she didn't do it. And we've seen this with other people, right? So remember that point with Michael Bisbin. Michael Bisbin always, 
always a tough fucking fighter. But there was those points when it'd be like, oh, with a win here, Bisping gets a title shot, right? And it just, ah, there was those points and it just didn't quite work out. You know, the Chael fight, even though I think everyone, and even Chael said, right, Bisping won that fight. You know, but for some reason, you know, Chael got it under decision. Right, is what it is. You know, the Vitor fight, if he had beaten Vitor, he's probably getting a title shot. Right? The first Rockhold fight. You know, so there was opportunities that didn't just quite go his way. And you never heard Bisbing like, oh, the title, you know, that person's cheating. You're like, that person is ducking me. Ah, oh, you know what I mean? I should have got... No, he's been understood, right? He knew that there was, there was the opportunities he'd had and it didn't quite work its way to him. But he got that last-minute opportunity and he seized it, right? He didn't go... Oh, this is too short notice. I don't fight on short notice. You know what I mean? I'm not a second replacement. Oh, I need this many weeks for a training camp. No. Bisbin took it, won the belt, and boom. <laughs> Everything is what it is. You know, Bisbin goes down in history. Bisbin is a G. Right? So it is it's always a weird one when fighters claim they're being overlooked and people are ducking them, right? You look at Amanda Nunes, right? You look at her record. <laughs> it's very difficult to say, oh, yeah, Nunes, yeah, she's definitely ducking, you know, this fighter, right? Nunes has fought everyone, right? She's fought everyone, it, 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 it's just very impressive, right, very impressive, made a debut against Sheila Graff, who was a legit, legitimate veteran of the game, beat Durandrame, lost to Zingano, right, then went on the run, went on the run, Shayna Bazia, Sarah McMahon, Valentina Shevchenko, Misha Tate, Ronda Rousey, boom, Valentina again, Raquel Pennington, Cyborg, Home, Durandame, Felicia Spencer, Megan Anderson. It's like there's no ducking, right? As mentioned, she's beaten everyone who's held the bantamweight strap, right? And she's beaten the flyweight champion. You can't, you know, you can't just say that, yeah, she she's not legit. She's not legit. And she beat the person who everyone thought was the best fighter in Cyborg. Right? She obliterated Cyborg. You know, so to say she is ducking anyone is, it is crazy. Right? And what is also weird, Pena's had a kid, right? So Pena understands what it's like to 
have a kid and go through all of that and want to be with your kid and all of this. Now, listen, Nina Asmaroff actually was the one that popped it out, but Nunes wants to be with the kid. You know, when she beat Anderson, the first thing she did was ask for a kid, right? You see that in Nunes. Plus, she's now kind of cut back down to bantamweight, which, hey, do if you're doing it smartly, it's going to take a little bit of time. So, yeah, it, it's a weird one for Pena to go on this narrative. Now, as I said, look, I get what she's doing. I know it, you know, you understand the logic behind it. You say enough shit, right? You think, oh, if I claim all of these things, if I say all of this, if I make enough noise, that person's going to want to fucking punch me. Want to punch me, right? So, listen, I get it. But here's the thing. Aspen Lad, right? Another legitimate tough motherfucker in that division, she is, um, she's had a few things to say, right, she believes that, you know, she should fight Pena, right, because, um, you know, with the fact that Nunes isn't going to be stepping in for Holly Holm, right, just because, yeah, it's too short a notice, she wants to spend time with her kid, so yeah, she's not going to step into that, so, Lad feels that, you know, the doctors have said she will be able to come back But she tore her ACL, I think it was So she can come back by July Which, not that long away, right? So she feels that, you know Pena ain't going to be fighting Nunes before that point So, she should fight Pena Right? That's that's what she thinks She thinks uh, she fights Pena And, hey, I don't see, um, you know, I don't see anything uh, wrong with that one, right? That one, that's not a bad fight. Lad against, um, you know, Pena, right? And it's a fight that was meant to happen a couple of times. You know, so Aspen Lad had looked phenomenal. Had looked phenomenal. Had been doing her thing in Invicta. Right, was just tearing through everyone, made it to the UFC on the Cerrone Till card, beat Lena Landsberg, beat Tonya Evinger, beat Cigara Eubanks. Then there was that weird fight with Jermaine Durandame, which I mean, it's a Durandame hit her with a good shot, right? But you can, yeah, you can look at it and go, yeah, I mean, there is a There is a kind of, I guess, question about maybe it was an early stoppage, right? But since then, she came back, she beat Yana Kutsantaya, you know, got that stoppage in the third round, right? On the um, Overeem Rosenstruck card, Um, but, you know, because of the pandemic, she didn't fight last year, and because of injuries. So, you know, Lad... I think for her to fight Pena, it would make sense, right? They're both kind of in a similar situation, and Lad has only lost once, right? So I think that would be the perfect title contender fight, right? Make that fight, 
which would then give Nunes enough time to cut back down and fight someone, you know, in the the latter half of the year. Maybe, what, September, October, you know, have that fight. That I feel that makes sense, right? I think that's a good way around it. Because Nunes, she fights twice a year, you know? That's always been a thing. So, yeah, I think that's the way it should go. And um, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what, has, what happens, right? Okay, so we have now had the UFC on ESPN Plus. Oh no, it's just UFC improper, right? Um, 21, we had the weigh-ins And, um, yeah Alright, so It was Pretty much cool Apart from two things Alright, one fighter missed weight And another fighter fainted Well, she made weight and then fainted on the scale Alright, and so, um Yeah, unfortunately we will not be getting um, Julie Avelia against Juliaj um, Stolarenko, right? They both weighed in at 135 and a half, but um, yeah, after she'd she'd made the weight, she fainted. Stolarenko fainted, and um, yeah, they've cancelled the fight. Which listen, that makes sense, right? It, it, it can definitely be because look, you've heard a lot of fighters talk about the situation, and it's you know when you've had to cut all that weight, you know you do make quick movements can, yeah, they can fuck you up, right? So it it can definitely happen to anyone, and you know for some people they've like oh yeah I fainted but then I just you know hydrated a bit and it was cool. So, yeah, it, you know, she possibly could have fought, but I kind of feel that, you know, it, on a medical basis, it makes sense, right? Because you've dehydrated everything, like all your organs, your brain, which does make you more susceptible for concussions. So, yeah, I, I think it's a good look to, you know, reschedule this bout. Right, so I, I think that's probably what will happen, I'd imagine. Now, the other person that missed weight is Jess Strada. Right, Strada was um, scheduled to fight Montel Jackson. So, Jackson, he made weight. He weighed 136 pounds. Strada, 137 and a half. So, he's one and a half pounds over the weight. So the fight will continue. You know, Jackson has agreed to take it at the catch weight. And um, he's going to be getting 20% of Strada's purse. Which, um, yeah, I mean, you know, that's all good. I mean, it definitely is. It's always a weird situation, right? And especially when... It's not by that much. Because you think, could that person have gone away and cut that last bit of weight? Could they have done that? Or have they just chosen to, um, yeah, forfeit 20%, right? Because then, look, I'll win. 
get my win bonus, you know, depending on what sponsors you've got and all of that. So it, it kind of puts you in a position where you're not that much out of pocket, even giving away a percentage of your purse. Because we have seen, for the most part, the fighters that miss weight come in heavy, they win. You know, so it's always a, it's an odd situation. Right? It's always an odd one, which I think, look, a load of people have made suggestions on the best way to move forward with that kind of thing. You know, I do kind of feel that if you miss weight and win, should just be a no contest. Right, I don't think it should. You should be able to advance your record off of you missing weight, right? So, um, yeah, I don't know. Well, yeah, we'll see how this fight goes. I think I chose Jackson to win that one anyway, um, and Strader is making his debut. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Now, all the other fights, yeah, all the other fights, everyone, you know, made weight. Right, I don't think um, the most significant ones are maybe like Taito Avasa. He's coming at two sixty four and a half, and um, hey, so yeah, Dontel Mays. He's not able to um, make it. He had to drop out. So there was Harry Hunsucker. He stepped in on short notice, and he is weighing two forty nine. Right, so he's definitely lighter than Tyavasa. Now, will that make a difference? You know what I mean? Will that make a difference in the other fights? Right, so um, Montserrat Ruiz, you know, she's a, a late minute replacement in her fight against Shiana Bays, but Ruiz, hey, she hit that mark perfectly 115 pounds, you know. Uh, on his return, Greg Gillespie comes in 155 and a half, the same weight as Brad Riddell. Um, now, I think the the most interesting one is that main event, right? Derek Brunson, 186. And remember, it's not a title fight, so you do get that, you know, pound either side. Holland... 183 pounds, right, I I think that's very interesting, you know, Holland, 183 pounds, now, he's never been huge, right, never been huge, and he has talked about maybe dropping down to welterweight, you know, so, yeah, the way he talks about it, he, he never walks around very heavy anyway, so he could do it. So, you know, I think with the fact that he is 183, I think Holland is potentially keeping himself at a, a certain weight. So if a last minute fight does come up at welterweight, he could potentially jump in on it. You know, but yeah, I think that's that's an interesting one. Bronson, he's a wrestler. So, will those extra pounds, you know, will they make a difference? Can he get Holland to the ground? And will he want to? (laughs) You know what I mean? Will he want to? Because Jacare got him to the ground. And that did not go well. 
You know, in Holland is not a slouch on the ground, especially when you come from a Travis Luter camp, you know. So, um, very interesting. Very interesting. But, yeah, we only lost one fight, people. So, fingers crossed. You know, fingers crossed. Hey, all will be good. And, um, yeah, we still get... You know, 11 fights at the weekend. You know, so um, let's see how it goes. Okay, people. So, yeah, that is it. We are done. All right. How much is, the, you know what I mean? It's all crazy, right? I, I, I am blown away by some of those announcements and all, all the stuff that's going down. It is... Whoa, it, it, it's definitely something, right? Definitely something. Now, I, I think one thing that I um I missed, you know, from all of those all of those incredible stories, you know, in title fights, right? Just man. But um, yes, the. Uh, UFC, um, the title fight, right? The Michael Chandler, um, Charles Oliveira, UFC 262. That fight, hey, it's live audience again, people. This one is going down in Houston. So, um, man, looks like, uh, yeah, this is the thing, right? I imagine, unless there's another big surge. Crowds are back. Alright, so let's take a look. Because there are some points. Alright, so on the 17th of April, Ricardo Ramos will be fighting Bill Alejo. Right? So then on uh, the 1st of May, right, we are going to be seeing Randa Marcos against Luna. Pinheiro. Now, this fight was actually meant to take place next week at UFC 260, but Marcos has contracted COVID, so they have pushed it back. But still getting a matchup, people. Still getting a matchup. Now, it has been, yeah, talked about what's going to happen. Who is TJ Dillashaw going to fight on his return? Because, you know, a lot of people have called for that fight. And Dana made it clear, the, you know, the other day, TJ ain't getting an immediate title shot, right? A contender fight is what's for him. Now we know he's going up against, right? As there was a few people in the offing, the one that made the most sense was Corey Sanhagen. And that's what's going to happen. And you've got to think... The winner of this fight, which takes place on the 8th of May, will be fighting the rematch between Pierre de Jan and Aljamain Sterling. Ooh, I cannot wait, people. Now, we, we said it in the show, but UFC 262, Charles Oliveira, Michael Chandler for the undisputed title. May 15th, and also on that card, this fight, people, 
Jack Hermanson against Edmund Shabazian. The return of Edmund Shabazian. This fight is... Oh, this is interesting, right? Because Amanson, he got stopped by Marvin Vittori. I mean, Vittori is tough, so, you know, this thing's happened. And Shabazian, he lost to this weekend's headliner, Derek Brunson. But before that fight, he was murking people, right? So, this is a perfect fight for one of these two fighters to go, hey, I'm still in that title hunt, right? Don't discount me. Now, this fight, right? Rob Fun, Cody Garbrandt. Oh, how nice is that? That's a fire fight, people. God damn, both can clean your clock in all oh, the matter of one touch so that's legit and it's going to be taking place on the 22nd of may right so um then we're in june the 5th of june alan patrick will be fighting mason jones this is an interesting one right both fighters will want to use this to really show what they're about then the following week on the 12th of uh, June at UFC 263, Sigara Eubanks is fighting Carl Rosa. And this is the um, pay-per-view headline fight, the rematch, Davison Figueredo, Brandon Moreno. Mm-hmm. Also, um, the following week, on the 19th of June, Casey O'Neill, after a spectacular UFC debut, will be fighting Lara Procopi. And then, on the 26th of June, Panal Serrano is fighting Anthony Hernandez. That's a good fight, man. Hanano made a great debut, so, hey, this is an interesting one, man. It's an interesting one. A lot of fun fights, people. We've also got the weekend to look forward to, and we will be back on Monday to break it all down. So, enjoy the fights. See you Monday. Peace. Two letters, nigga.